This Week in HPC. From neural networks to superfish. Microsoft, Cray, ISC, Adaptive, and Lenovo in the news. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. How's it going, Michael? Very well, Addison. How's it going there? Doing fine, thanks, Michael. We had a hard time picking which news stories we would talk about this week. Where our normal format is, we'll do kind of two stories in about 15 minutes. But we had a lot of the stories that were kind of smaller this week. How do you feel about doing a different format where we'll take on five stories in about two minutes each? Yeah, that, that sounds good. We'll, get, we'll hit the highlights and, and go through them. But yeah, I had a lot of interesting but smaller stories this week. So let's let's try and get to all of them. Starting with with Microsoft using FPGAs for a new uh, neural network application. Yeah, this is a very interesting development there. I mean, Microsoft's been playing with FPGAs for a while. In fact, they I think they have some production on their big Bing web search uh, infrastructure there. This one actually is still experimental. They're using it for what they're calling a uh, convolutional neural network, which is something they're using to do image recognition um, in, in their infrastructure. Here they're using another FPGA, which just happens to have a DSP on board, which they're using to do some of the image recognition uh, heavy lifting. It's got like a teraflop of floating point with the DSP and then just uh, some FPGA fabric running around that. And they've gotten very good uh, initial results. I think they're going to get very good initial results with uh, their image recognition software. This is all according to a blog by Microsoft researcher Doug Berger, pointing to a new white paper published by Microsoft, the white paper entitled Accelerating Deep Convolutional Neural Networks Using Specialized Hardware. They're looking at these convolutional neural networks, or what they're calling CNNs, exactly to uh, speed the processing of image recognition, which seems to be one of these holy grail applications right now. What I like about this is the application of FPGA, where historically over time, as I think we've said in, in the past in this podcast, we still see FPGAs hanging on as being useful in areas that are very scalable, and this is a hyperscale kind of application, and things that are not floating point intensive. And here you've got really more of a, a signal processing kind of application uh, in, in terms of doing image recognition. Right. And, and a lot of this work, uh, other companies have been experimenting with. We just talked about a few weeks ago, Badu was doing an image recognition using GPGPUs, and they got some very accurate results here. They they compared some of their experimental work with FPGAs to GPUs, and while they didn't get the performance of, of a GPU, they got much better energy efficiency. So, uh, for Microsoft's uh, particular application here, this was very important because everything here is being put on their data center infrastructure, which is already in place, so they couldn't put a whole bunch of 250-watt GPUs on all their servers anymore, kind of blow the data center. So, their FPGA uh, solution fit a lot better with what they were trying to do. 
another instance of the hyperscale market having a significant effect into the broader HPC arena. It's something that we're definitely putting a lot of our attention and research efforts on this year. Let's step ahead to the next topic. Cray announcing that they've put an XC30 supercomputer into a steel company in Poland. Yeah, this is something you really you really just don't see every day. It's it's their their top of the line supercomputer, although it's their previous version. Pre- previous version of it. Yeah. This has been superseded by the XC40. This is an XC30. Right. This is the XC30, which is you know still a supercomputer and it's been it's in petascale systems in a lot of national labs and research. Sure. This is still their their MPP architecture with the Ares interconnect. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, they didn't talk about the size or the the flop capacity of the system, nor do they talk about uh, how much it costs. And we're assuming a, a somewhat smaller system, but it's interesting in that it's basically what would have normally been uh, a vanilla cluster going into a, a, a manufacturer, basically, a steel manufacturer to do design work. And in this case, they opted for the XC30. And the reason behind it is, is they felt like for the LS Dyna workload that they're using, they not only needed fast CPUs, but they needed an ultra-fast communication, uh, something better than you know, Ethernet or InfiniBand, presumably. So they did some test uh, workloads on an XC30, and they got uh, a very good performance increase over, over what they were doing before. You know, seeing HPC for manufacturing in the LS Dyna application is not really news. And, uh, you know, you've pointed out what's the interesting facet of this is we haven't seen a whole lot of MPP deployments in this arena. The other possible thing going into it is the price. We haven't seen what kind of a deal the this steel company got in terms of buying uh, the previous generation of the XC line of supercomputer. That could be a significant factor in this, but it also is, is another uh, win in Cray's quiver as it continues to grow and, and expand. It's the first Cray uh, supercomputing installation in Poland. Yeah, it's uh, good news all around, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if they can continue that that streak with other uh, commercial installations. Speaking of things in Europe and internationally, I, I smiled to see this come across my desk, that ISC is introducing the inaugural Hans Moyer Award at ISC this year, and they're going to present this award to the most outstanding research paper submitted to the conference's research paper committee. Right, that was a that was a good pick. I, I was I was glad to see that award too. Hans, of course, is in the, at ISC in the top 500 project, and now he's got this award that'll that'll live well beyond his legacy. There, it's especially good to see that it's it's associated with the research paper. Hans being the academician uh, originally. Yes. Um, and and the research papers, there's there's a lot of competition for research papers at ISC, so it, I think uh, the award will be well deserved and will be uh, well coveted by the by the winner there. Well, back when we were all saddened uh, at Hans's passing, we talked about the fact that you know there's been uh, almost nobody, or maybe nobody, who's ever done as much directly for the end user community in HPC as as Hans has, both through the Top 500 uh, and uh, and and through ISC, plus his own work as an academic researcher. So you're right to to award something called the Hans Moyer Award to a research paper is spot on. And by the way. 
the prize isn't nothing. In addition to the handsome certificate that I'm sure you get, there's a 3,000 euro prize plus a free conference pass for the 2016 conference. So get your research papers in for ISC. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next, a quick announcement from Adaptive uh, Computing that they have a new CEO. Right, Adaptive named uh, Marty Smuin, who was the former head of business development at uh, at Adaptive. He replaces Rob Clyde, who had uh, several year tenure there at Adaptive Computing as the CEO. Yeah, there's no mention about where Rob is going, and LinkedIn still uh, still lists Rob with his ad- additional title. So hopefully, something that can go smoothly with Adaptive. Uh, um, and uh, uh, Marty Smuin comes from the sales organization, as you said. So we'll see uh, how things develop strategically at Adaptive. Just wanted to get that quick mention in there. Yeah, big switch for Adaptive, but uh, like you said, uh, hopefully it'll be business as usual there. And then one final story, not directly HPC-related, but maybe the biggest story going on in IT overall this week is the Superfish bug in Lenovo PCs. It was exposed uh, and became a big news story this week that Lenovo PCs were shipping with a bit of adware or really malware uh, called Superfish that was in the low level of the operating system in the PCs where virus detection software wouldn't find it, and that this software, in the name of enhancing user experience, was uh, serving out new ads to people based on what they were searching on the internet. And this software is capable of hijacking security certificates from websites and potentially opening a huge security hole in Lenovo PCs. Now, we're not going to dive too much into Superfish and what it means in the PC market, Michael, but Lenovo, obviously a company we've been talking a lot about in the HPC space recently, uh, from buying the IBM x86 line of business and now becoming a major uh, server provider in the HPC space. The question on the table, Michael, is to what extent does the Superfish bug on the PC side give people pause about now investing in Lenovo to buy HPC systems, given the security concerns? Well, I mean, the people that that have paused now are, at least in in the U.S. and maybe some other countries, are the, are the government labs. They're probably not going to buy Lenovo gear for for a while, at least uh, initially, because it's a Chinese-based company, and 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 you know, government likes to buy internally, uh, at least initially here. So those people, I don't think, are really concerned about the PC side of the business at this point. If if and when they become comfortable with buying Lenovo servers, I think uh, you know Superfish will be a, a distant memory. It'll be years years uh, from now. You know, I think that's an intelligent analysis, Michael. I, I think people will make noise about this and say, "See, see, here's why you can't buy a sensitive supercomputer from Lenovo, uh, because you don't know from this Chinese manufacturer what kind of thing is going to be embedded underneath. It's a security risk." I think that absolutely will get said, but I think the people who say it will be the people who are already not going to buy from Lenovo. So the short-term impact of their sales is, well, I mean. It 
can't be positive. There's right. no one who's going to say, oh, you know, now I'm going to buy Lenovo because of this Superfish thing. It's a negative story. It doesn't help Lenovo in any way. But I think the people on the HPC side that would be scared off by it are, are probably the people who are looking for a reason not to buy from Lenovo anyway. Yeah, I mean, and the, the short-term implications are just not that great. Yeah, the better question might be who who that might be buying Lenovo servers now would be would be upset by this. But I think most of those people would look and say, "Hey, you know, I would have the same problem buying from any maker that that sells PCs, whether it be you know HP or Dell or anybody else. There's always you know some or, some or another problem with." Uh, software that you didn't want or bloatware or something like that. And I don't think they they link that to the server side of the business uh, at all. So I think it'll be sort of a non-starter for, for HPC. Yeah, well, I I, I agree. I, I think uh, you'll hear about it, but uh, but the story will soon pass, and then uh, next year we'll have another big security threat from somebody else. That's the way this industry goes. Okay, a fun batch of stories this week, Michael. It was, it was kind of a fun format to do more stories in less time. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed our quick roundup. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 